Welcome to Music Ranked, a special production from the Toddcast Podcast. Each month, Todd and I review some of our favorite bands and musical acts. Stemming from a list Eric made a decade ago, he created an algorithm to see who exactly was his favorite band. Now, I do extensive research and rate and review every song. We talk about our memories and artist histories. At the end, we will have all music Music ranked. So, Eric, let's talk about Elton John. He's let's number, talk about Elton what is John. It, 11 on your original list. He might be 13, Todd, if the article in front of me is correct. Our, our Sir Elton John, uh, also known as Reginald Dwight uh, in yesteryear, uh, he is ranking number 13 and is a favorite of mine. And we'll see through, through the process of talking if he's a favorite of yours. Todd, uh, Elton John had a crazy ton of albums, ton, ton, ton. So he yeah. started early, you know, we're talking, what, 60s, 70s. And, and I mean, he was still reproducing some albums here not so long ago. And he had oh, yeah. very prevalent 70s, very prevalent 80s. Lion King kind of boosted him up in the 90s. And then he actually released a couple good albums in the 2000s. And then he's, you know, been here or there. But just uh, not so long ago, they actually did a biopic on him. Mo- I mean, most people know who Elton John is. I would and oh, or have heard I should think so. a handful of Elton John songs. Oh, so yeah. I don't think it'll be a difficult discussion. But Todd, do you have any early memories of Elton John or his music or maybe when the first time you've heard? Absolutely. It can be summarized in two words. But of course, me being me, I will immediately expand on that and probably eat like 20 minutes. The Muppet Show. Yes. That is probably my first known contact with Elton John. I mean, I'm sure he had stuff on the radio and I'm sure I've heard it on the radio prior to that. But the one that sticks out in my brain is The Muppet Show back in the 70s. Because they'd, they'd always have, you know, some celebrity guest, whether it be an actor or a musician. He was always one for dressing up all crazy anyway. And mm-hmm. so the Muppet Show just worked like, a, and he was in some sort of, I mean, he looked like a giant Muppet. And you could tell he was just loving every minute of it. Like, it was, it was fantastic. And I remember it being both awesome and horrifying. Because... <laughs> Well, because one of the numbers they did was Crocodile Rock, which That's is an awesome That's exactly song. what I, I remember. I enjoy yes. that, and it was all wild and wacky and funny and whatever, and if memory serves, at the end of the show, there are Muppet crocodiles that basically eat him, and I oh. remember that being just terrifying. I'll have to find it on YouTube or, or see if I can find it. Maybe it's just my, my feverish memories of childhood. But I feel like that's how that ended, is somehow oh. he or other Muppets, somebody gets eaten by a bunch of crocodiles. And me, just, like, it went from happy, good times to, oh, dear God, what's going on? So that's my first, that's my entry point uh, into the world of Elton John. That's not he a bad entry. <laughs> that, that's, no, no, I actually I mean, like it's... that. I remember <laughs> you know. that. I remember the crocodile vividly. Like, that's honestly one of the first memories I have of Elton John is the, you know, through the Muppet Show in that exact oh, yeah. sequence. So I imagine he – I'm not sure if he performed more than the one song, but that is exactly what I remember. I don't remember necessarily the um, the eating of Elton John by via crocodile, but – I'm not doubting that either. That does make a good ending and seems pretty funny. Oh no, it was it was it was classic. It was it was fancy. It was good stuff. I was very happy with that whole situation. Yeah, I think I, I don't remember I'll, a whole lot about yeah. the Muppet Show. That is one that sticks out. I feel like they had Alice Cooper on at one point, and he did Schools Out, 
and mm-hmm. at the end where you know they they blow up the school that one muppet who was always rocking the dynamite blew yes. up the school and i remember that was enjoyable but you know i'm getting off track here this isn't about the well, muppet the, show this is about elton john so well, i would love if the muppet show ever makes its way over to disney plus uh that will be oh i hope be so. one that i start i start from season one episode one and we'll watch all the way through because oh i firstly i love 70s it, like i i enjoy that and uh, their comedy's great and jim henson was what we would like to call in the business a genius uh oh, so yeah. absolutely for our our friend elton we had a greatest hit cd at our house uh probably in the 90s and i believe yep. it was one that was played by both mom and dad so yeah both uh parents that, hersey yeah he's enjoyed me as one of the one of the rare crossover artists, because there was often yes. the, mu- the music that dad enjoyed, which we both enjoy. There was often the music that mom enjoyed, which if you discount the Christian rock and Christian music, the secular music that she listened to, generally I enjoyed. But there wasn't a lot of crossover. Like they listened to two different kinds of music more often than not. But there are yeah. those rare glimpses where there was crossover and they both played the same thing. And I, I think Elton John is one of the few that makes that list. Yeah. And his greatest hits maybe had 12 songs on it and they were all very memorable and known. And I mean, if we go through the list, you would hear things like Tiny Dancer or, you know, your song. And of course, Crocodile Rock and and many more. So our good friend Elton John, when I even look at it right here, if I say, all right, how many songs did he produce? This man had 402 qualified songs. Oh, that geez. is the most. I it took me a very long time to go through Elton John's catalog. No, <laughs> so no doubt. that's that, that's 402 qualified songs. There were plenty of unqualified, meaning they were like they were given credit to Elton John for background music. Like he did an album called The Muse, which is okay. a it looks like an awful 90s romance movie. Okay. So so like he it was just background music. So the music can make it to my like blogging um, podcast where I just listen to background music. But boy, it w- you know, he got credit for it. But if it's just instrumental background music, I usually pull those out and I don't necessarily give you 100 percent credit if it's like a soundtrack. Because right. It's, if well, you, if you mean, need to make a, a song, if you're asked and say, hey, artist, will you make this soundtrack? But this is a really quirky scene where somebody's walking down the street to the supermarket. Like, you're not making a song for me to, you know, a three minute pop song that I want to hear on repeat. Right. So, well, there's a di- there's a difference between a soundtrack and a, a film score. score. Yeah. Right. Yes. Like the soundtrack where you've got songs that you can play individually and listen to and enjoy on shuffle. That, to me, makes sense to rank a score. I mean, not that it's not good music, not that it doesn't serve a good purpose. Like you said, something on the background while you're writing, like it's good stuff. I don't know that I would necessarily rank that myself. Like, I feel like that would fall into its own sort of category. That's just, oh, three stars across the board because they're not really that distinct and it's all background. You know what I mean? Sort of a thing. Is that kind of how you treat that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like John Williams and uh, Hans Zimmer. And these oh, guys yeah. produce tremendous scores, and and I might have to be like, well, this is their body of work. Should I score oh, yeah. it? Well, I mean, but then again, I I can rank anything whether it shows up in their in the actual algorithm. <laughs> right. a different story. I have the same thing with Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. Like Trent Reznor with Nine Inch Nails, awesome stuff. Possibly my top artist. Him and Atticus Ross, it's it's awesome stuff. We did the Watchmen soundtrack. He's done a bunch of soundtracks, and it's all really excellent stuff that I listen to when I'm writing. But I put them in two separate buckets, and I don't include the soundtrack stuff in with my rankings 
of, of nine inch nails and vice versa. So I, sure. I get you. Yeah. So, but I mean, there were some soundtracks where like he does get credit for his Lion King work. So, because those were individual songs <laughs> in my case, they were, you know, they had lyrics and they were, they were to, right. they served a purpose. So Elton right. John had a lot of those. So he had the most songs. He also had, uh, in my case, um, if you look at just promoters, 135 of those were either four or five star songs that he had. And oh, this geez. was going through an entire catalog, finding songs that I never heard before and finding songs that I really, really enjoyed. So this, in a sense, it was, it got very difficult at the very end. Or really, let's just put it this way. Elton John wasn't so hot in the 90s. Like, I just mm. didn't love his 90s work. And the late 80s started getting kind of bland. But the mm. man the man was on fire in the 70s. And he oh. really pr- produced some quality work uh, throughout that time frame. And and then there's each album had like a song that was probably worth buying an album. So he probably made a lot of money in his day. because uh, I know. suspect as such. Yeah. yeah. So, I, so I, I feel like we could say he was successful. I think that's a yes. safe, safe statement to make. I think so. I think so. I mean, he's so, got a couple. He's got a couple of random brothers in Ohio talking about him for probably. Yeah, now. he. So. He, yeah, that, he did. That's have when a, you know you've made movie. it. Yes, he did have. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Wasn't anything else. He wasn't knighted by the queen. So, so from the biopic. So I watched and listened to some decent. You know, I listened to a lot of podcasts, and Elton John seems fine. He seemed like he had his troubled. You know, like almost all artists do, their drug phase or their you know romance problems and so forth. But right. But overall, he had. I think some of the most notable things about Elton John is that he had someone that wrote the lyrics for his mm-hmm. songs, and he, on the other hand, was the musician. So he would write music or some. You know, his his partner Bernie Toppin. Uh, is famous for writing the you know the lyrics, handing it to him, and then he would make the the tune or vice versa, which might have been my first time actually realizing that. And this might have been years and years ago, you, you know. But you're naive to the whole situation. I didn't realize that most people that sing don't always write their own music. <laughs> like to me, you hear bands and you hear you think of the Beatles. All right, they're in a garage or they're you know they're at a table and they're writing music and then they go right. play it. And that's not the case with Elton John. He was a, a mastermind, like he was a prodigy when it comes to playing the piano and right. could play anything and, and make wonderful melodies, but just didn't have that knack for lyrics, I guess, or making things matter. So, you know, he gets partnered up with Bernie and, and next thing you know, is they create 20 some, 20 some albums or more and 402 qualified songs that Eric Hersey had to listen to over <laughs> the course of, you know, several months. So right. that was that was a fun one. Uh, tracking down some of these albums were were also very fun, but uh, thankfully uh, iTunes and Amazon makes the life easy. So uh, I think we'll co- go to a break, and then when we come back, we'll talk about some of the albums and how I actually retrieved some of the physical physical vinyls. When buying clothes, you have choices. You can be stylish, be trendy outspoken but those are all the wrong answers we want you to be like justin benline be beige why show personality in your clothing when you can lock yourself away and be forgotten franchise 10 apparel has been bringing the best clothes and accessories that'll never be seen even hermits wear shirts visit justinbenline.com and save 30 percent off the justin benline collection justinbenline.com no personality no problem be beige. 
All right, and we're back. So, Todd, 2000-ish, there was a big move. We had to downsize my house, so you were probably in the midst of Florida or one of your overseas ventures with the Navy. 2000, I have been in Florida. At that time, we downsized, and part of downsizing was getting rid of lots of things. One of the biggest regrets is obviously getting rid of most of those original vinyl records that of artists that you and I have been talking about over the last series of months. But... Right. For some reason, and, and as time goes, you, you start recognizing new music and so forth. I knew at the time I liked the Beatles, and there was a handful of other artists that I liked. And for some reason, Elton John was in that mix. So I have myself a lot, pretty much all of the Elton John that Dad had. I nice. have all those vinyls, and I was able to save those. And obviously, during conversation today, we get to talk about some of the albums that we saved and I'm very happy that I at least hit my Elton John phase right before that move. When I was thinking of stuff like that, uh, I also thought of other things that I wish I would have saved. <laughs> so so this is oh, not yeah. necessarily Elton John, but this will be maybe a five-minute Eric and Todd conversation of items that probably were thrown out in the move. Todd, if we could go yeah. back to that day in 2000-esque, what item would you like to save and not give to the Salvation Army? Well, and I guess there was a point where I, I actually did dip into the collection, I think, before all that happened. I, I think I went and harvested all of the, the Led Zeppelin uh -huh. um, that he had, which unfortunately I ended up losing in my flight from Florida, which mm -hmm. makes me sad. Well, I know, I know that at that point Black Sabbath was not an option because in years <laughs> previous, as a, a gesture of some sort, those were destroyed by the man's own hands in front of me to prove some sort of rock is evil point on mom's behalf, which still makes me sad to this day. I mean, if I were to list all the albums that dad had that I, that right now, if I had the choice of, you know, snapping my fingers and they all piled up around me, I would be unable to move because <laughs> he had an <laughs> impressive collection. You're and right. At the time I would have, I probably would have, you know, not thought to grab things like, Electric Light Orchestra, Alan yeah, Parsons Project, mm -hmm. you know, a whole bunch of stuff that I didn't get into it until later. But thinking back on it, like he had all those. Like, yeah, I, sure I remember absolutely sneaking and grabbing those. The, the Doors, Steppenwolf, guess who? Like he had he had great taste in music and he had a healthy collection. And yeah, I'd, I'd be hard pressed to stop listing stuff. So I'll, yeah. what, what are some of yours, I guess? Well, I, I'll tell you what I did grab and I don't know why. Uh for some of these, I did, I grabbed a lot of bad company, which makes sense. We'll be talking about them here in a couple. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, I'd grab Steppenwolf, which is really weird because I have zero. I mean, Steppenwolf's fine, but I could name at the moment three or four songs. But I'll tell you why I grabbed it. And I know it's in, and there was a, <laughs> and you might have it. Did you? Get oh, it? I do. I know okay, what you're yeah. talking about, and I have it, and yeah, we'll have to put uh, a picture up for uh, the folks to yeah. enjoy. Oh, should we? Okay, then that yeah. give us a new a new ranking. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, all right. So what we're talking about, cup your ears, children. And now that you've cupped the ears of the, there is a car that is in the shape of a penis on the inside of a um, inside of an album cover. So that is I and it's called I feel, believe it's called for ladies only. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So I picked up uh, Bad Company, Steppenwolf, The Beatles, Elton John and grabbed a ton of Elton John and I journey. I also grabbed journey, of course. That's very good. When listening to Elton John, I grabbed the double album goodbye yellow brick road are you familiar oh, yes. or i believe this is one I, that i recommended you to listen to i i actually have that one on vinyl 
Ah, I do have so this. I think that I think that might have come out of out of Abby's collection, but oh no, that that is a a true classic. Yeah, so that is kind of what I think uh, my Elton John fandom grew a little bit because that is a very diverse and mm. full album. There there are songs oh, yeah. that are are very unique and you don't hear anything else like it in his catalog. Uh, but for the most part, that is essential Elton John to me. And of course, that ranks as my number one album in terms of all I, Elton John. I would agree with that. Yeah. So, so I mean, that is where, you know, in a sense, that's where my Elton John fandom came from. I remember listening to that over and over on vinyl. And I said, man, this guy is fantastic. And that kind of dove into listening to uh, just the Elton John album, which. Yeah. His, uh, I got a little Elton John singing in the background there. Can you hear him? You do. Yeah, that's yeah. belting it out. Just don't let him get eaten by crocodiles. That's that's, that's the key thing. thing. All right, yes, and I grabbed Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. I would yes. say that's probably my favorite. I, if, oh. if, we're, if we're we're at the top spot portion of the program, I'm going to say that, and if we're not, I still just said it. Uh, that Well, <laughs> you and I, my friend, are, are equals in that aspect. Goodbye Yellow Brick Road out, scored outstanding numbers, probably some of the highest. Now, in, in the nerdy meta sense, since it's a double album and has tons of tracks and all those tracks were four fives and maybe sprinkled in a couple threes, I mean, it might be one of the top records in terms of score out of all the artists we've done so far. I, I mm, would, yeah. you know, at, at the more tracks you have, the higher the score can become, even though it's a percentage base. But Goodbye Yellowbrook Road is number one for me. And then from listening to that, I remember listening over and over on vinyl, really becoming a fan of Elton John. He had a ton of diversity and unique songs on that album. You know, you have a song as Candle in the Wind and then you have like Jamaican Jerk Off. There's some, you know, there's some right. really good, good songs on there. <laughs> and then that drew me yeah. into listening to just the Elton John album in general and his debut album, which had like your song and, and right. so forth. And so he had a lot of songs that are albums that scored really, really high. You know, there were definite periods where I was like, yes, this entire album is great. And I think he had, uh, I like, there, there's one called Don't Shoot Me, I'm Only the Piano Player and Honky Chateau. And then, of course, I was a big fan of Tumbleweed Connection, which is an album that uh, yes. has a very vintage feel to it. But overall, Elton John had a ton of good albums, and then some of the stinkers. <laughs> some of the stinkers were, <laughs> were some of those 80s and early 90s. Uh, the album called The Diving Board scored a zero, along with oh, leather, leather Jackets. Uh, another zero. So there must have been some stinkers on there. Uh, I can't remember necessarily <laughs> what's all on it, but all right, let's go to the point, Todd, where we talk about our favorite Elton John song. Do you have a favorite? It's kind of hard, and I don't have my stats in front of me to, to, to say where things are, but Crocodile Rock, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting. Like, I'd say those are yeah. probably the, the three contenders for, for top mm -hmm. spot for me. I mean, clearly, I didn't listen to the entire discography like you have. I, sure. I, I'm very familiar with Yellow Brick Road. Some cl some greatest hits type stuff. I did listen to, you know, the debut album. So your song is definitely held in high regard there. So mm -hmm. there's a lot of songs that I don't necessarily know what album they came off of. Sure. But, like your song, Daniel. Sure. You know, What's your thoughts on uh, Good Old Rocket Man? Or Tiny Dancer. See, see, I, I, Rocket Man should be in that list of three. That 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 list mm -hmm. of three should be a list of four, and Rocket Man 
is definitely that's a good one up there. Yeah. You know, Rocket Man may very well be the best, may may be my top choice, just because it's it's just yeah. such a good song, pretty iconic for Elton John. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no, no, it is, and I would be remiss if I did not at some point make reference to the Me First and the Gimme Gimme cover version of Rocket Man. It is, it is, yes. it is. It, you know, if you want to hear Rocket Man done by a punk cover band. You, you, you cannot do any better. And I think oh, that good. was the first, I think that was the first me first and the gimme gimme song I ever heard was rocket was their, their version of rocket man. I mean, which is not to say that it's better than the original. It's just very good and highly recommended, but I feel I like Abby would be disappointed yeah. if I didn't bring up me first and the gimme gimme's when anyone's talking about rocket man, because many, 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 a long road trip somewhere in the shuffle Rocket Man will come up, the Me First and the Gimme Gimme's version, and I force the family to listen to it, whether they want to or not, because I'm that kind of guy. That's so. That's what you got to do. Now, now that obligatory reference is, is, has been made, we can move on to the original subject of actual Elton John songs. Fine. That is fine. I'm sure there has been decent covers of, of Elton John songs throughout the, throughout the years, and uh, my favorite used to be your song that was a that's a song mm. uh mm. near and dear to uh my life lauren that was one of lauren and i's uh kind of songs so to speak we didn't dance to that at our wedding but it could have definitely been that uh but over the years and this goes right along with uh goodbye yellow brick road the opening track which is called funeral for a friend and love lies mm. bleeding because of course it's a, like a medley word where it bleeds into the other song right is right. just fantastic it is epic and everything i love uh, I think I love about music and funeral for a friend. So for it, it is Elton John might've had more of the underground, like five stars of songs that people probably don't even know of. Like I'm looking at right. my list here and I'm like, yeah, most people don't even know what these songs maybe are uh, right. you know, more so than the next guy. A lot of times five star songs are exactly what they, you know, they're the greatest hits. They're the ones that play on the radio and so forth. Mm -hmm. But there are a couple Elton John songs that are five star in my opinion that other people be like, what the hell is even that? I've never heard of it. So, uh, and, got some and, quality deep cuts happening. Yeah, there, well, there, so five star material. Yes, so I I just um, I think funeral for a friend, love lies bleeding is I think it probably is like seven eight minutes long and it's a long introduction and I mm -hmm. really can't do it justice by trying to explain it. So I would say everybody out there get to your iTunes or Spotify or what have you and download and listen. And well, speaking I mean, of what you need to do, yeah. Is just is just you know start whistling or humming or if you have a kazoo handy that will work. Let's just have a recreation on air right now. Oh, I, I mean I don't even think I can, Todd. I would love to to, <laughs> to do that, but it is pretty dang intricate. Like this is yeah, a masterpiece no, um, of of music here, and I could see why somebody would want him to make a soundtrack because at the beginning of this you could see this be an epic, you know, just instrumental oh, yeah. at the very beginning. Yeah. So. Well, um, you, you can take it. You can take it as homework. I mean, you've got three children, all of whom can, can mm -hmm. hum. I don't know if the youngest is, is whistle capable yet, but I know mm. Hunter's a pretty capable musician. I'm sure. I'm sure between the the four of you, you you can get funeral for a friend, Percy edition, happening. I think we'll, that we'll would be a great idea. Yeah, we'll see if we can put that on the YouTube channel. So. Let's see. Oh, yes, 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 yes. I think that is a possibility. Now, when we get done with that, you, you can download that render, you know, the Hersey rendition and put it on your phone. But you can also download some of these podcasts. Todd, I um, found a, a, a good podcast called Strong Songs. 
and I kind of like this. This guy's a uh, this guy also is a very talented musician, and what he does is he breaks down songs and explains uh, like not necessarily the the backstory of them, but how they were made in terms of all right, this music was here, this is the the time sequence, or this is the 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 notes or instruments used. So I've listened to several different variations of his podcast, uh, different songs. Uh, dissected but for strong songs they do tiny dancer and goodbye yellow brick road so i think that is a tremendous listen uh for anyone and then i had a couple other you know interviews-esque you know uh people reviewing like top 10 uh top albums i believe there was a podcast with a gentleman named josh adam myers that goes through the rolling stones top 500 best albums and he's doing much like we do oh, where we go through a ranking. <clears throat> okay. He actually uses a credible source of actual musicians <laughs> and stuff instead of just me who likes music. But he did one right. on Tumbleweed Connection, the album. I believe it was album four or four fifty eight on the list. So I love those kind of podcasts. I really like it when they dissect songs and or albums. Uh, oh, yeah. I've mentioned it before. I'm not very good at listening to lyrics, and I'm definitely not a musician. So why would you listen to me for music advice? I don't know. You just must like the the Hersey brothers talking about their memories. Uh, but but when it comes down to it, when I love listening to what goes into making a song or an album because I don't naturally understand it until somebody explains, oh, crap, this is what the song means. This is why it's important and vice versa. So those yeah. would be some recommendations on my behalf if you want to get further into the Elton John rabbit hole. Nice. Nice. But I think we can put a little bow on this episode, Todd. If, you know, we have we've determined our favorite albums, we've determined our favorite songs. Todd, where do you think Elton John would rank in your list? We'll go um, high, <laughs> medium, or low? Is he Simon and Garfunkel, or is he towards he's the not, top? See, he's not. He's not Simon and Garfunkel. And I will say that prior to recent times where you've given some recommendation and I've kind of expanded my, my list and my catalog of him. Um, he would have been pretty low because like it was, it would have just been like radio hits of which are sure. solid, but my brain is like, yeah, he had this awesome, sweet, sweet music in the seventies. But then, you know, he started getting all soundtracky and sort of adult contemporary in the later mm -hmm. years, which kind of subtracts a whole, you know, just in my general mental reckoning kind of drops him to the lower end. And I will say that listening to more of his stuff has upped his ranking considerably in just that sort of just mental algebra of, of where mm -hmm. things are. Sure. Th that said, I still think, I mean, we're, we've only got dozen or so folks in the list. So for me to say he's on the low end is not meant as insulting as it probably sounds. <laughs> but these are compared, still, yeah. But compared to the other folks that we've talked about, who I, I'm definitely into and have had a lot of exposure to and a lot of nostalgia about or connection with, I'd say he probably still he, he's probably low end, like not quite as far far down as poor sad Simon and Garfunkel, who just seem like they're getting dragged on for no good reason every episode. Because the stuff I've listened to, like it's it's all it's all good. Of what I've listened to, there's not as much that is great. Like, you know, mm -hmm. I'm stingier with my four and five stars. Very much. To begin yeah. with. Very but much. by the same token, Miser. like, I don't know that he got mer very many twos, and I can't recall giving him any ones on the stuff that and I listen to. Like, it, it's, from the, yeah. it's, a lot of, it's a lot of threes, which mm -hmm. I feel like if I listen to more, are more likely to upgrade to fours than downgrade to twos. Okay. And I think that just with the people that we've talked about so far, there have been a lot more fours and fives for me, which bring them closer to the top. So when sure. I say he's in my sort of lower quadrant, 
it, it's not men as a slam on him. It's just we've only talked about so many folks. Sounds to me like towards the end of the day, he'll be a top 30, top 40 artist, maybe. Could be. Could be. If Could we be. listen to 100 different things. So, yeah, he uh, skyrocketed yeah. on mine. And at first, when I originally did this, he kind of broke the algorithm. Uh, and that's when I realized that, <laughs> well, since he had, he was one of those weird ones, there's two different cases here. I, I noticed in, in early iterations of the algorithm, anyone that had a huge discography was scoring really low because there were so many <clears> detractors. <throat> and anybody that had a short discography scored really high. So it's the exact right. polar opposite of Simon and Garfunkel. Simon Garfunkel, five albums, Elton John. 25 albums and Elton John was scoring negative because I was giving so many twos that outweighed so much. So I had to sprinkle mm. it around and be like, all right, there had, there was a fundamental problem here. You created a lot of albums, but you shouldn't negatively be affected uh, just because you have a lot of songs. No, I mean, unless, in, I mean, you shouldn't be penalized for volume unless you're putting out a bunch of crap music. Like if yes, you're putting out yeah. consistent music and there happen to be a couple stinkers on there, that shouldn't count against you just because you're prolific. I, I would agree yes. with that. Yeah, so so that's kind of where I determined that more off the MPS net promoter score system as opposed to a one gets a point, two gets two points, and so forth. So that was a, a, right. was a nice tweak, and Elton John was a great sample for that. But since I changed that, he actually – and this is – and it's really re realistic here. He went from number 12 all the way up to uh, number five. So he nice. jumped – uh, he has a really high score, and it's because in my – in just in general overview, which goes kind of with your mental math, greatest hits kind of outweigh stinkers. And greatest hits oh, yeah. and good songs always out, outweigh the filler tracks because right. if you have an album and you have four or five great songs on there, we're going to say that's a great album, even though there's 12 songs. It's just how our brains work. So right. very rarely do you get 12 awesome, amazing songs. So if you have four or five, that might be a five-star album. If you have one, it right. might be a, a one or two star or three star album. So that's how it worked. So Elton John having so many hits and a lot of fours to go along with it, uh, which means our favorable tracks, things that I don't mind being on my playlist. So uh, and then, you know, like you said, he had, you know, a handful, a lot of threes and, and a lot of twos. And, and of course, there weren't very many ones in terms of just awful. I need to turn this off right away because he, you know, very rarely do you hear somebody playing the piano and it's so, you know, awful that you're like, I need to get rid of this unless I guess you're hitting all the keys at once. And I don't believe he right. does that. So, so yeah. well, Elton John moved I, up I, my list. Yeah. Well, and I think, I think he, he enjoys the benefit of being a duo. Like everyone refers to Elton John and we talk about, you know, this whole thing's been about Elton John, but really it's been Elton and Bernie. And I think that probably if he were responsible for his own lyrics, from what I'm led to believe, he's not good at that. And a lot of his songs would have not been that great. Very well. Yeah, Likewise, very well could if be. Bernie, if Bernie had put out his own album, the lyrics were all great, but he's not that good musically. That be, you know, you you take the best of both worlds, and you end up mm -hmm. with something that's you know greater than the sum of its parts. And you've also got you know two guys like okay, I, I'm you know I wrote these lyrics for you. Okay, I wrote this music to go with it. You've got two people looking at it go, is this good enough? You know, you've got that kind of extra level mm -hmm. of sort of veto power to kind of keep some of the crap off of them. And I think that's going to yeah. that's going to bring you up. That's awesome. Yeah. No, I mean, in, in a general sense, I think, you know, this was a Elton John centered. But Bernie, uh, we should give him some airplay as well, because it yeah. sounds to me like without him, we wouldn't be talking about Elton as prolific. So 
I think that's a good one, Todd. Unless you scream out palate cleanse, the next artist up on our list is <laughs> is, is a crazy one. It's Bon Jovi. Yeah, I can talk some Bon Jovi. Back in the day, I, and I, think I, had, I, I had a dub cassette of Slippery When Wet. We can talk about That's it. That's it. I think I have a little bit more work to do because I think since when uh, since the last time I ordered or listened, I should say, I believe they might have released an album. So I might have to go on iTunes, download that and give it some ranks yeah. and update some articles. So we will see. All right. No need for a palate cleanse just yet. We can we can rock on with some Bon Jovi. Sounds good. Well, thank you, Eric, for all of your insights and your thoughtful research. If any of the listeners want to uh, check out some of the podcasts or other references that that Eric made there, you can head on over to musicranked.com, where Eric's got a full write-up of Elton John and all of the reference material there. So thank you, Eric, for that. Thank you, listeners, for listening to the Hersey Brothers in Ohio, the, the, the whole reason that Elton John has made it appreciate you hanging in with us hope you enjoyed it and until next time i hope you all have a good one thanks for listening to this episode of the toddcast podcast if you have comments questions or topic ideas you'd like us to chat about you can reach out on social search for toddcast podcast visit our website at toddcastpodcast.com with a single d in todd There you will find show notes, original articles, and a backlog of episodes. If you'd enjoyed this episode, please feel free to share with your like-minded friends. Perhaps you would consider subscribing, following, or marking this podcast as a favorite if you've not yet done so. And of course, reviews and ratings on Apple Podcasts are appreciated. Thanks again for listening to the Toddcast. Toddcast.